0: My name's Will DeFries, and this is the Sunday Scaries podcast, your cure for the Sunday blues. Before we get into this month's listener questions, a brief reminder that scented candles are still available at Vellabox.com slash Sunday Scaries. And Varsity crewnecks are also available at sunday-scaries.shop. If you want to support the podcast, look no further than those links in the description of this episode. But without further ado, let's answer some questions. The first one, what's the best hungover purchase you've ever made? If you're an early listener of this podcast, you know that retail therapy for me is one of the best ways to cure a hangover or at least delay a hangover for just a little tiny bit. In the history of my hungover purchases, there are a lot that come to mind because I feel like that's most of the time that I make my big purchases or my unnecessary purchases. But three things really come to mind uh, and I'll put them in order. The first one is a cashmere sweater that I bought. I wore it to a party that was hosted by the company that I worked for. and. It, the sweater was not actually mine at the time when I wore it to the party, but they thought that it would look good in photo, so I decided to put it on. And unfortunately at that party, I stretched it out a little bit. I probably spilled a couple drinks on it. And the next day at work, it was kind of the deciding factor that, you know, I need to actually buy this cashmere sweater that was way out of my price range. And what did I do? I, I stomached the cost, and it was not very. it was not very fun on my salary at the time. But now I have this beautiful cashmere sweater that I can wear on a, on a cold, rainy, hungover Sunday. And if that's the outcome, I don't really mind. The next one was kind of an impulse purchase. It was a plane ticket to the Kentucky Derby. I used to enjoy going to the Kentucky Derby when I could uh, in the beginning of May. And one year I just was hungover on a random spring day and I thought to myself, you know what? It's time to go to the Kentucky Derby again, and I decided to buy a plane ticket, sight unseen. And unfortunately for me, I didn't end up going to the Kentucky Derby that year, but I did later switch my ticket to a ticket to San Diego. And so I did somewhat get a vacation out of it, even though it wasn't, you know, watching horses go. And then the best hungover purchase I've ever made was made right before my wedding, actually. It actually might have been the day after we got engaged, but I was feeling pretty rough. I knew that I needed a new pair of sunglasses because I had recently misplaced my other pair of sunglasses, something I rarely do. And I decided to go to South Congress in Austin, Texas. And I went into a store and I probably looked like I needed some sunglasses and probably some Advil too. And I bought some black sunglasses that I still have to this day. I wore them on my wedding day and they will always hold a special place in my heart. Let's just hope that I don't misplace them again anytime soon. Our next question what's in your beach bag this is one of my favorite questions that i've received in a while i always like those everyday carry questions that people do if you're not familiar with that uh there's a i think it's a tumblr account or probably an instagram account at this point and it's called everyday carry where people take the stuff that they br- put on them every day whether it's going to work whether it's just stuff in their car and they put it all on a table it's very aesthetically pleasing and you just kind of look down at it and you see what people have on them all all the time. And I feel like you can really get a sense for someone's personality when you're looking at the stuff that they keep on them at all times. Uh, There's also a special place in my heart, I think the throwback to my, my childhood of L.L. Bean style tote bags. I just still use one to this day. I really like them. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for heavy canvas bags, and especially those that are monogrammed for some reason. I think that's the influence of my parents going to the pool. But the items in my beach bag are actually the same items that i usually bring to the park when i take my dog and now my kid to the park too uh the first one is a towel obviously to set down on the sand the next is some food and some drink i try not to bring too much food to the the beach i just don't really like getting things really warm and so most of the time i'll just bring a bottle of water you know a large reusable bottle of water uh, a sandwich and some kettle chips and then maybe a few beers as well And then I also bring sunscreen or tanning oil, uh, a Bluetooth speaker to get some jams going, a portable phone charger to make sure that my phone does not die while those jams are going, and then some sunglasses, obviously, the ones that I just uh, referenced, as well as any sort of ball, whether it's a ball that I can use for my dog to play fetch with or if it's for just playing catch on the beach with someone else that I'm there with, it's always good to have a ball around and you can make up a fake game with it if you want. It's just essential to have something that you can play with. Uh, I always bring an extra pair of shorts in case I'm wet and I need to change before getting into the car. And then, you know, there might be some extracurricular stuff that's only legal in a few states, but that's neither here nor there. Our next question, how do you split up chores with your partner around the place? I'm gonna clarify that there's really truly no perfect way to do this. I think the main key is just to avoid building up resentment with one another. And if there are certain chores that mean a lot to you, or there's certain chores that just annoy you or your pet peeves, then it's your responsibility to take care of those chores no matter what. The chores that mean the most to me are, the first and foremost is organizing the living area. I can't operate whether it's working from home or whether it's just trying to relax. I can't do that if it's messy. That has proven much more difficult since having a baby, but at the same time, I still kept on top of it pretty well. Uh, the second one is kind of in the same vein and that's cleaning the kitchen. I don't like having a dirty kitchen. I don't like things in the sink. I don't like having stuff on the countertops. I like a very clean, minimal space. And so cleaning the kitchen is something that I try to stay on top of at all times as well. And then the final one is laundry. I think at an early age, my mom ruined one of my shirts in the in the wash. And I think from that point forward, uh, I realized that I had to do my own laundry my mom probably did that on purpose, just so I would start doing my own laundry, but that's neither here nor there. I really do enjoy doing laundry. I think I just hate folding it at the end of the day, but who doesn't? The chores that don't matter to me are, you know, organizing the closet, making the bed, which is nice but not essential, and watering the plants. And so tips for not killing each other when you're doing these kind of things are just know what means the most to you, know what means the most to them, and stay on top of what's important. And the most important thing you can do to not make people hate you, or at least not make your uh, significant other resent you, is to never leave things in the sink to soak. I don't know why people do that, and my wife will cringe hearing me talk about it, but nothing really needs to soak for that long, and if it does, then, you know, that's fine, but a cereal bowl doesn't need to soak. It's not that big a deal. It's not that important. Before we get to some more questions, let's hear from this week's first sponsor, Caliper CBD. There's a lot of benefits for CBD. Whether it's helping you sleep, whether it's easing some soreness, whether it's just trying to make you relax a little easier, we all use CBD or we should be using it in some capacity. Caliper is a new company that is so easy to use and mix into your routine. It's convenient. It's a dissolvable powder rather than an oil that you hold under your tongue. And there are so many benefits to it. Caliper CBD powder is the only clinically proven, fast-acting CBD. It delivers 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes versus CBD oil. And you can get all the benefits of CBD in just 10 minutes, while some CBD oils can take over an hour to absorb. They're developed by food science experts with decades of experience, rigorously tested with purity and quality. It comes in a convenient, easy-to-use packet with 20 milligrams in each packet, always THC-free, and it feels better without the high. There's no weird taste, no oily residue, and it mixes easily into any food or drink. You won't even know it's there if you mix it into a bottle of water. It's truly the easiest way to take in your CBD, and it's so efficient as well. All-natural, vegan, non-GMO, free of fillers, added chemicals, and artificial flavors. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code SCARIES at trycaliper.com slash SCARIES. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days, and if you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash SCARIES, and don't forget promo code SCARIES for 20% off of your first order. Our next question, do you have any thoughts on decorating your place for the summer? You know, I don't really make a ton of changes to my place based on seasons alone, but there are certain things that I like to do. Summer is coinciding with our recent move, so this is an opportune time for me to answer this question. One area that I've never owned much for is a porch. Whether I've lived somewhere with no balcony like my last apartment or whether I've lived somewhere with roommates, they've always had the porch furniture or outdoor furniture and it's never really been something that I've worried too much about. This year, I did make some purchases to try to up our game because spending time on the porch, I've realized is just incredibly relaxing. Whether the sun is setting or whether it's just raining out and I wanna have a little relaxation time, it's just essential that you have a good porch. Uh, This year I did buy some new canvas butterfly chairs, some side tables for cocktails, and I even finally invested in some plants that I'm going to try to keep alive. Uh, I got some ferns and some succulents. My dad told me that if I got some ferns for our porch that it would make it look a lot more lush. And at that point I was like, well, I better go to Home Depot and get some. I wouldn't say that this is necessarily falling under redecorating, but I do think it's in the same vein. Uh, When it comes to glassware, we have recently updated our glassware game. I think I drink a little bit more in the summertime just because it's so refreshing. And so we finally purchased some specific glasses for specific things. We got some new cocktail glasses. We got some new smaller wine glasses that are similar to the cocktail glasses. And then I finally pulled trigger on some actual martini glasses and some, some actual beer glasses as well. And I have to say, It makes drinking those drinks so much more enjoyable that they're out of the cocktail glass of my choice. It's just great. And also we're trying to buy more plants. Like I said, I bought the ferns. We got some succulents that are easy to take care of, but I would also like some more indoor plants since Texas gets so hot and anything low maintenance when it comes to the plant side of things, I am a fan of. I have one fault when it comes to our apartment, it's keeping plants alive. So I'm gonna do my best to try to remedy that and try to grow a green thumb myself. Our next, what's your favorite personal accessory, whether it's a watch, bag, necklace, etc. And I have to admit, I'm not very big on accessories. I've never really liked the feel of things that aren't clothes on my body, so I've never really liked jewelry or anything like that. I don't really find a need for wearing a watch every day. I don't need a smartwatch. I I just don't like having those next-gen stats like on a whoop band anymore or even an Apple watch. It just doesn't really do anything for me. And I've also really never been a big necklace or bracelet guy. I don't know. I I think that there are definitely situations that people look great with them on. But as for me, I just don't like the feel of having it on. The accessories that I have that are meaningful to me are the ones that I like the most. I still don't wear or use them often, but they do mean something to me, so I keep them around and I wear them on special occasions. The first one is a Shinola watch. It was a gift from my parents for Christmas a few years back, and it always feels nice to look down on special occasions and think of them, and because Shinola is a company based in Michigan, it kind of has a little hometown flavor for me as well. I also have a money clip that I use for special occasions like weddings. It's from Tiffany and co and it was a high school graduation gift for my aunt and cousin. It's monogrammed and for, yeah, I mean, whenever I look down, whenever I use it, I do think of them every single time. And another one, which is another family tie is my grandpa's ID bracelet with his name on it. I do share a name with him and now my son also shares a name with him. So hopefully that's a relic in our family that uh, is meaningful for many, many, many years to come. The closest thing that I have to an accessory that I use a lot is a tote bag from I May Leon Door. I think this was a hungover purchase, so I probably could have put it in that first question, but I use it for work every day. I bring it on vacation, I bring it to the beach. It looks very beat up at this point because we washed it after some beer spilled in it on the golf course, but that's how they're supposed to look. If your tote bag isn't a little beat up and dirty, I don't think you're doing enough outside of the house. Our next one, what city would you move to if you left Austin? This is something I've thought a lot about, especially prior to doing this podcast. At my old job, you know, there's always uncertainty of how long you'll stay at a job. And and there's always that wonder of like, okay, if I need to up and move somewhere, where should I go? And there's a lot of things that do keep me in Austin. I do love Austin. I have friends and family here. Uh, The work and the opportunity within the city is incredible. And just the burden of starting over somewhere else is a lot it's a lot to make me not really want to move. Uh, I never really thought about something like that until a friend mentioned to me that you know moving out of New York City would be difficult because you've established so much there over the past however many years. And the more I think about Austin and how I've been here for six plus years, I'm not really prepared to move out of here anytime soon. But the cities that I have entertained uh, are in this order. There's Seattle. It's the quintessential city that I've never been to, but I've always wanted to see what it's about. I've always had a feel that I would fit in very well there, and I just really enjoy rainy weather, the Pacific Northwest, just all that kind of vibe. But that being said, I still have never been there, so I can't really say. But if I try, if I really had to move somewhere and wanted to move somewhere, I think I would go visit Seattle just to see how I fit in. Uh, the other one is obviously back to my hometown of Harbor Springs, Michigan. It will always have a piece of my heart and i'll always want to be there in some capacity as long as i have family there and as long as i have friends there it'll always be somewhere that i entertain going back to but you know it's i live there for long enough i think i can spend some time elsewhere and, and and make my life uh happy elsewhere rather than just being in my hometown for the rest of my life not that there's anything wrong with that i still love it and then the final one is somewhere that i did live briefly San Francisco or if I had to move you know north of the bridge in Marin I would absolutely love to do that unfortunately I think that's like the one place that's that's more expensive to buy real estate in than Austin at this point so I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon but in terms of San Francisco and northern or I guess you know central California I love the climate and natural surroundings and overall it is my favorite city and area without question Uh, anytime that I can travel there I will do and I will I'll try to have a couple long weekends there every single year obviously last year I didn't get to do that but you know moving forward I think it's a place that uh, I'm definitely going to try to put down roots in if I have to move out of Austin anytime soon. My list of potential cities is short, but I do think that's a good thing. I don't have, I don't have any, you know, huge need to move. And so as long as that, that list of cities is kept relatively short, I think, I think that's a good thing. And that means that I'm content in life. But before we get to our next questions, let's hear from Vizzy real quick. To celebrate pride in a meaningful way, Vizzy Hard Seltzer created a label-less can to reinforce the beauty of loving our unique personal identity in living beyond pre-assumed labels. The limited edition pack was created in partnership with the Human Rights Campaign. Vizi is more than just a hard seltzer with antioxidant vitamin C. Vizi celebrates inclusion and has donated $1 million to the Human Rights Campaign over three years to support their fight for LGBTQ equality. There are plenty of hard seltzers to choose from, but with its bold and delicious dual fruit flavors, antioxidant, vitamin C, and commitment to equality, Busy makes the choice a little easier and a lot tastier. They have a lot of flavors that include pineapple, mango, black cherry, lime, strawberry, kiwi, blueberry, pomegranate. Their new flavors, papaya, passion fruit, watermelon, strawberry, blackberry, lemon, and raspberry, tangerine. And they also have some new lemonade hard seltzers in four delicious flavors, watermelon, peach, er, strawberry, and raspberry, all with that same antioxidant vitamin C. I've recently dived into the uh, lemonade flavors, and I have to say, they are some of my absolute favorites. And I plan on having a couple this weekend if the sun comes out. The antioxidant vitamin C is extracted from superfruit acerola cherry that has more vitamin C per cup than an orange. Upgrade your hard seltzer to Vizzy. To find out where you can purchase Vizzy's limited edition Pride packaging or any of their other refreshing flavors, go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. And to get updates on their latest flavor drops and more, sign up for their emails at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com backslash subscribe. You must be 21 or older. Our next question. Do you have any advice for when you feel stagnant in your career? The word stagnant is tough because i think a lot of people associate that with just being unhappy and i don't think that it always needs to mean that you're unhappy everything has a shelf life and i felt stagnant and found solutions within my work environment without you know being just pissed off or angry or sad Within the office or work, I think you have a few things that you can do. I think you need to rid yourself of the pointless tasks that you're doing that kind of weigh your job down every single day. This was something I confronted at an old job, and it just made my life a lot easier when I finally just told the people above me, hey, I think this is pointless to do. And they understood that, I mean, they don't want their employees doing something that's pointless. And so just ridding myself of those pointless tasks really made a difference. I also think that you can express your want to transition into other things. If you're not trying to progress at your company, then it might be time to change companies in the first place. And I think by, you know, telling them that you want to transition or if you want to plow ahead with some other initiatives, I think that just makes sense and I think that they would respect that. I also think it's important to assess your day to day and see how you can freshen things up a little bit something i used to do at my old job and this is kind of not as relevant anymore since so many people work from home but i did work from home wednesdays it was important to me to break up the work week in a way and when i got cleared to at least work mornings from home on wednesdays sometimes that bled into the afternoon as well it just made things a lot easier a lot of people are working from home now like i said but it still could apply I also think that you can just explore other opportunities within the company. New roles, upward or lateral moves, or just find holes within the company that you just try to fill yourself. Outside of work, there's obviously a lot of things that you can do. You can try a new hobby. You're happier at work if you're happy outside of work. This is something that took me way too long to learn because there were so many days when I would just go home, do nothing, and just wake up the next day, go in, go through the motions, and then go home and do nothing again. I also think that a side hustle is probably one of the best things that you can do for yourself. You can start taking something you love more seriously and a side hustle doesn't have to be immediately profitable sometimes the best payment of something like that is just the happiness that it brings you it's probably better if it's not something that makes money immediately because it shows that if you keep doing it that you love doing it and again it's that whole happier at work if you're happy outside of work thing and if it turns into something that frees you of your old job then that's the perfect situation to find yourself in our next question my annual review is coming up. Do you have any advice for taking criticism, asking for a raise, etc.? I'm kind of psychotic in that I've always enjoyed getting reviewed. I once received a SWOT analysis of myself in front of all my coworkers, like all of them. Uh, it was very uncomfortable for a little bit, especially when they were describing my weaknesses. But you know, I have personally requested to have reviews of myself since with the sole purpose of asking for a raise or asking for something. And so this is how I've approached them and learned to enjoy them. You just have to know that you're going to receive criticism and you have to prepare yourself to admit your wrongs even if you've never heard these wrongs before. It's not a time to argue but it's a time to listen. These people want you to be good at your job, they want you to thrive at your job and so by being able to listen rather than be argumentative about something that's not worth it, you just have to go in knowing that you're going to have to admit that you might not do something well or you might need to start doing something better. You also should come prepared with metrics that you can stand behind just so you can show your success in your job. Not all jobs have those metrics, but you know, if you do have things that you can show and you can, you know, pound your chest about, it's worth bringing those things in. And if you want something specific out of that review, you have to go in knowing what that is. Don't go in hoping for the best because things might derail, especially if they start criticizing you in a way that you don't like. What you shouldn't do is don't ask for a raise immediately. You have to explain why you deserve one and have a number in mind even if you don't say that number. But you have to go in knowing that you you have to prove yourself before you can ask for stuff. They're not going to be very responsive to you if you just go in demanding things. You also should not become argumentative under any circumstances. If they tell you something, you don't want to hear and don't resist change. Even if it makes your life a little more difficult in the past, my biggest issue with work in general is when change is implemented because I've never really been good at adjusting to change. And I think that was the biggest thing for me to understand anytime that I got a review, the happier you seem, the more at ease that they'll feel while reviewing you and the more nervous you seem, the more they may dig as to why you're actually nervous for that review. So just know that it's not that big a deal. If, if you're doing that bad of a job, you'd probably just be getting fired. So enjoy the review. Go in knowing the things that you do well and go in knowing the things that you can admit you do a little wrong or maybe a little lazily. I don't think it's that big a deal either way, but you're going to come out much happier if you take some of those steps. And then we also have, how can you properly decompress if your family wants to do Sunday dinners? I actually grew up doing Sunday dinners until I moved away from my hometown, and it's traditionally been one of my favorite parts of the week, whether I was hungover, exhausted, or just feeling great. Uh, Sometimes, yes, these could be a burden, but overall, you really have to understand how much of a benefit they have in your life. Uh, The times that they are a burden are when you've had a long weekend, when you just want to do other things if you have an offer to do something else, or when you just kind of want to do nothing. But my biggest suggestion is just have a defined time frame and just stick to it. Our dinners always lasted from 6 to 8 PM. It was never much earlier and it was never much later. We rarely started early and then never ever did they go long. And all you have to do is just simply tell people that that's what you want to do it really makes it easier to just have a defined amount of time to go in and know what your night's going to look like once eight o'clock hits and you can get out of there. Uh, I do have some tips for not aggravating people or stay, and just staying regular on the schedule for this. Always be on time. You don't want to be the person showing up to, at 6 30 for a two-hour dinner. That's not really respectful of everyone else's time and it makes it look like you don't care and it, it, it allows people in the future to Make moves of being late or leaving early that, you know, you don't really want them to do. You want to stick to that schedule. Uh, I will also say that if you miss a week, let people know way prior. There were a couple dinners that I just ghosted on and I felt really guilty about that. I think people thought there was something wrong with me, but really sometimes I just didn't want to go. Don't do that. Don't ghost your family. Don't worry them and also pitch in where you, can, where you can in order to expedite things. If you need to help making dinner, if you need to bring some appetizers, do whatever you need to do in order to make sure that people are fed, people are happy, and that things are on schedule. And just like work, if you need a mental health day on a random Sunday when you have a family dinner scheduled, just take one. At the end of the day, they are family and they will understand. Before we get to our final questions, we have one final sponsor and that is Roman. Squeaky doors, clogged sinks, finicky engines, When things break around the house or around the office, you just go and take care of it. However, when something's off in the bedroom, you just try not to think about it. But come on, what are you waiting for? Don't leave the uncertainty out there and just take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash scaries now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and most of all, discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home and complete an online visit today to connect with your healthcare professional and get things taken care of. Go to GetRoman.com slash now and you'll get $15 off of your first month. It's really time to take care of your ED. And remember, get started today and you'll receive $15 off your first ED treatment. And now our final questions. I'm getting closer to 30. What should I start caring more about? Well, I was 27 when I started thinking about turning 30. I know that's pretty early, uh, but you know, th- turning 30 is kind of a big chapter in a lot of people's lives. At 27, your hangovers get worse. That feeling of work stagnation kind of sets in. And it was the turning point that I needed in life, honestly. I think that looking forward towards 30 made me a little more motivated in my mid-20s. And now that I'm on the other side of 30, I've had some realizations. Uh, The first realization is that I had it really, really easy back then. I used to just go out, be hungover, work all week, and repeat. That was all I cared about, just going out on the weekends, having fun with my friends, and then going back to work. The fact that I used to complain about my hangovers at work is just embarrassing. And I know it's a, it's a major staple of this podcast, but as I've gotten older, I've realized that it's just not even worth complaining about. You just have to take some Advil and figure it out. Uh, A second realization I had was that I wasn't taking my career seriously enough. If you enjoy your job, you have to dig in a little bit and make sure that you're doing something. If you don't enjoy it, you need to figure out why, whether it's something you can fix at the job or whether it's something you need to abandon and go somewhere else. If you're not taking it seriously, look at the reasons why, sim- rather than simply abandoning hope. If there's something you can fix that's easier than just finding a new job and moving somewhere, then by all means, you should do that. But just t- you know, take things a little more seriously than you have before, because you know your job is your, it's your well-being, and you're spending more time at your job than you're spending with your friends, than you're spending with your family. You have to make sure that you're happy there first and foremost. And then the final thing that I realized was I took having friends around for granted. Uh, As you get older, you start to realize that priorities change for a lot of people, myself included. Uh, Friends get married. Friends have kids. Friends move. You'll end up missing them. That's just the harsh truth. You have to get the time with them in while you can. And, you know, whether you're going to destination weddings or bachelor parties, just make sure you don't skip those things because you will regret it. If you have to budget your money a little bit more around those times, it's so worth doing it. Even if you just you know, want to turn down a friend about getting a drink on a weeknight in favor of watching TV, just make sure to go have one drink with that friend. I promise you, you will be happy that you did it. And at the end of the day, you will regret those times that you turned them down. Our next question, do you have any tips for getting into soccer? Watching soccer is as much a part of my routine as pretty much anything at this point. Longtime listeners know that I'm a Manchester United fan since 1999, and I apologize to any other club supporters out there who are listening to this podcast now. But I originally got into soccer because I always played from an early age. Uh, I was lucky that my parents had cable or satellite stations that played some soccer on television as a kid. And when YouTube really started coming to prominence, I would watch a lot of highlights on YouTube. I would buy DVDs of goal compilations and things like that. And I would watch historical games to understand the gravity of the sport. I would also read books and listen to podcasts about classic teams and players so I could understand some of the history. But some tips for doing it yourself, I would say the first thing you should do is find a league that fits your schedule or interests. If you're a morning person, the English Premier League is perfect for you. If you have more time at night to unwind, then check out the MLS. And if you enjoyed studying abroad in Spain or somewhere else, check out La Liga or Serie A. There's just so many different leagues out there that you can get into, but choosing one and going all-in on that league is much easier than anything else. I will say the easiest league to get into at this point is probably the English Premier League, and that's the one that I have. Uh, The second thing that you need to do is select a team. It's always difficult selecting a team in the United States that's, you know, overseas because you really don't have a connection to it most times, so you can't really rep them too hard without people criticizing you. But just choose it based on anything—jerseys, club culture, uh, just because you've heard of them before, or maybe they're close in proximity to your city or somewhere they used to live. You just need to learn the DNA of that club and make sure that you understand what they're about, and you can support them in any way that you can, whether it's buying, you know, a jersey, a, a warm-up top, or just a t-shirt. Or just watching them on tv you have to get invested in those matches in order to care and i'll say watch every game so that you can get that dna of the club transferred to you it is meaningful it's it's much bigger in in england in italy in spain than just you know tossing on a game from your local team these people are so into it, it's so ingrained in them, and you have to make sure that you kind of feel that too. And I'll also say that something you can do that is very easy, especially if you live in a large city, is find local supporters in your town and watch the matches with them. This is something I don't do enough, but I would like to start doing a little bit more in Austin. It's just, it's it's a cool experience to be somewhere when, when a big moment happens in a game and people go crazy together. It really bonds you, it makes you feel closer to the club as if you're actually at the game and it's just nice. Uh, The one thing I'll say is don't become discouraged by smug American fans, of which there are many, because they can be the absolute worst, especially if they're rival fans of your club. Don't get discouraged by them. Everyone's going to talk crap about, you know, your team or you. It's just how it is, and it's kind of fun that way. And our final question, outside of marriage and fatherhood, what are you most proud of? Obviously, the two I mentioned are a top, or the two that were just mentioned, fatherhood and marriage, are atop that list. But when it comes to my pride, it really does all lie within Sunday Scaries. Without starting it, I'm not sure where I would be in life. It's the passion that I've seen through for the longest amount of time, and it's led me down several different paths that have all been learning opportunities for me. In my first ever college class, I was told if you're getting into journalism to make money, switch majors. It was really, truly a huge turnoff from a cranky professor. It really sucked all the excitement out of the room. And it just couldn't have been a larger turnoff for the majority of the class. You could just feel everyone kind of be like, oh, well that's a really fun way to start college off. It was my first step in realizing that following the path of others wouldn't really lead to my own personal success or happiness. And Sunday Scaries has just made me realize so many things in life. Uh, The first one is learning things along the way matters just as much or more as learning things in school. You have to be able to adapt, learn things, teach yourself. There are so many things in life that I've taught myself that you know I never learned in school, whether it was graduate, design, uh, building a website through any service out there, or just, you know, writing. It's just that realization that you don't need a teacher in order to to learn things. It's important. you as an individual are the most important part of your own success and you need to take advantage of that. The path to success really isn't determined by anyone else and that's something that I didn't really realize until I started this myself. And that personal accomplishment feels so much better than accomplishing things for bosses or people that you just don't really care about. Everyone's invested in their own future and you need to be invested in your own. And so having that sense of personal accomplishment has always been something that I pride myself on and that I can tell people if they criticize me for anything, it's like, no, I've done this on my own it's there's definitely people out there that have helped me do things but you know at the end of the day i have built something that makes me happy that uh can you know support my family and just at the end of the day like the happiness is just key i've always said that you should be your own biggest fan because if others don't respect that attribute of yourself you probably don't need them around If you liked what you heard today, make sure to subscribe, review, or tell a friend in need about this podcast. By subscribing, you guarantee that each and every episode gets delivered directly to your phone every Sunday morning. You can also follow along on Twitter at Sunday Scaries and Instagram, which is at Sunday.scaries. Or you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at WillDeFreeze. And remember, always trim the wicks on your scented candles. See you next Sunday.